Hey everybody, it's Lydia here with True and Unpolished, and you are about to listen to another edition of Mary's Peeps. And today we talk to Jim Dukes, and Jim is a former defense contractor who worked with the United Nations, and he experienced several traumatic brain injuries, and those injuries left him feeling really lost and hopeless, and he discovered a healing journey through the process of art. Uh, He is a really intuitive and instinctual guy who has a great story to tell. So uh, take a listen, and I will just give a gentle warning that there is one curse word in today's episode. So maybe don't listen with kiddos around. And also, if you'd like to, we actually recorded this one. So if you'd like to, you can watch a video of this episode on the True and Unpolished YouTube channel. So take a listen, take a look. Here we go. Welcome to True and Unpolished, the podcast, a cuss culture production. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, inspire, and amuse. Let's get authentic. Okay, Jim Dukes, tell us your story. Tell us something about you. Um, well, let's see. So to clarify, I, I was... Um, so I spent four years as a defense contractor okay. um, in Iraq, disarming bombs and clearing minefields, and um, have had five traumatic brain injuries, two from blast injuries. Uh, my degree was in civil engineering. So in 2013, 2012, my last, my fifth, tra- had my fifth traumatic brain injury, and it left me um, blind in my right eye and deaf in my right ear and Mm -hmm. had to learn to walk and talk and read again and had a total life restart. And prior, you know, prior to that had started, uh, got sober um, 14 years ago and got into therapy and started dealing with all my stuff and um, was really, um, had a had a life restart. I have a son at the time, and uh, my uh, last head injury, head injury ended a marriage, and so wow. it caused me to move in to my childhood home, which I swore I'd never go back to. Wow, three years old and live with with my mom, and um, my therapist at the time was like, um, "So, what the hell are you going to do with your life?" Yeah. Um, and I and I really had to um, make a decision, was I going to be a man with a disability or a disabled man? And those are um, two different um, life paths, you know. Okay, can I, um, I I just have to. Okay, so say that again. You had two choices. What were they? Was I going to be a man with a disability or a disabled man? And can you tell me what the difference is between those two things? A man with a disability is... Uh, or a woman, a person with a disability, in my case, a man, was, is continuing on with my life, something with purpose, yeah. um, because I had lost all, all this technical analytical stuff in my left brain that didn't work anymore. Wow. And I couldn't do numbers. I needed a list of reminders to like what I had to do in the morning in the bathroom right so everything changed so was I going to 
was I going to make something of myself and, and be defined by something new or be defined by my disability Oh wow! and, yeah. and be a man like, yeah. uh, you know, how am I going to, hi, I'm, I'm disabled, but my name is Jim Dukes or hi, I'm the director yeah. of Charlotte Art League. And I'm a photographer, but I also happen to be disabled, you know. Yeah, right, right. And so um, I wanted that to be the secondary, third level tier thing. I wanted to get on with my life. And I knew I had a young son looking at me for inspiration and how was I going to overcome adversity. Um, and and I didn't want to let him down. And well, sure. so... Um, my my therapist sent me this link one night to a, a concert. It was a fundraiser for uh, Bob, the Bob Woodruff Foundation, mm-hmm. and there were uh, the bass player from Pink Floyd had taken went to Walter Reed Medical Hospital, and he took ten um, veterans and or I guess about twenty taught ten of them to play guitar and ten of them to sing, and they were up on stage. Oh wow! in front of a live audience and um, some in wheelchairs, some, you know, other injuries. And they were playing guitar and singing. And um, she said, you need to watch this. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was the first time I saw uh, men that I could relate to that had been through similar experiences that I had. And they had turned to a creative outlet Mm. and bonded together through that creative outlet and um so I sat there just tears running down my face watching this whole thing as they sang four songs and ended with um um this extremely powerful um rendition uh of wide river to cross and um so after that i um, turned it off and I, I took stock and I was like, well, I can't sing or dance or play. I mean, I realized that my right brain was really blossoming the left brain I was having struggles with. So right. I, I, I literally like, I, I can't sing or dance or play an instrument, but I had a cell phone and it had a camera. So I just started taking pictures and realized that it was a way to um rewire neuro pathways in my yes. brain so it was a it was a physiological fix but it was an emotional fix in that I'm used to seeing all the things in the world around me that could kill me trip wires and pressure plates and things like yes. that but it it allowed me to retrain my brain to see the beauty in the world around me yeah. um, through a different lens and and so I just it was weird. I, I started taking pictures of inanimate objects because I was scared to be around people. I was scared oh. to interact with people because I wasn't the same as I used to be. Right. The same person. And I couldn't get back to that, who that person was. And right. so I started doing so, a lot. Of, huh? Can I interrupt you for a second? Because sure. that that's really surprising to me because I met Jim at, like after, mm-hmm. well, around this time when he first started on his own art as healing journey or when he was kind of right in the beginning of it and um he was so easy to talk to and um for me personally to relate to and I know 
just from the work that he's done, a lot of people feel that way about you, Jim. So it's surprising to hear that you were afraid to be around people. Well, yeah, it took me months and months to get comfortable with that. So by the time I made it to Columbia to do my residency, you know, by the time we met, I had, I had, it took me time to get over the embarrassment of like, I didn't walk right anymore. And I was still, you know, I had trouble seeing and my mood was off and I had social anxiety issues and how was I dealing with all this stuff? And it was just, you know, I was still walking with a cane and, um, so by the time I made it to Columbia, I had ditched the cane and, um, I was still having supervised, my family would come down when my son would visit and they would stay with me to help me take care of him because I still needed help with that. Right. Right. Um, so it was a good transition, um, time. So, um, I was invited down to, uh, do a residency in Columbia to, um, for our first exhibit, my first exhibit, and, and it was a couple of months, and it was um, The Art of Healing, and it was um, where I was supposed to be the featured artist and do 40 pieces for the exhibit and wow. um, do healing art works, work with the community and start healing art workshops at um, the art center there, and that's how Mary and I met, and yes. um, yeah, because and I was so, the president of the South Carolina Association of Art Therapists at the time. Uh, okay, so um, and so I organized the exhibit on on our end for the Art Therapy Association. So mm-hmm. I, I have a couple of questions. The f- one that stood out to me is um, you said um, the so here you were and you felt like a completely different person. You know, you had social anxiety. Um, you didn't have all the cognitive function that you had before, which is usually how we define ourselves almost is the way that we think, right, is what makes us us. So here you are, um, you've been wounded and traumatized, and you said, you know, I had to make the decision. The therapist said to you, okay, you're going to make this decision, and the decision is, I think what I heard you say is essentially, are you going to go on with life and have, you know, uh, being disabled be a part of, of your story and a part of who you are, but not the totality of who you are, or are you just going to give up? And you, you made mention of your son and right. that you knew that you had this son looking at you. And so I wonder, have you ever contemplated or thought about would your decision have been different if you hadn't had a son? Like did, was he kind of so and I'm asking this question because I recognize that through my own healing journey at the parts um, that have that are the most trying and the most hard and in particular I'm going through one right now where just new awareness is about things from the past in my hardest moments I think I've got these two boys and I want to model for them you know love so in my hardest moments if I can't do it for me I can do it for them. Like, would you say that this decision in part, you kind of owe it to him, you taking on this new life? Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, I, he's the reason I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, I feel that way too. Yeah. There, there are times, I mean, I attempted suicide twice right after I got sober and 
Um, there are, um, I continue to struggle with that. And, um, and I think that knowing that he's in my life is, is the thing that keeps me going and, um, probably if he wasn't here, I mean, I would struggle to find the, the reason to live. Right. Or that, because it takes so much courage to heal, you know? So, I mean, it's so the hardest thing you've ever done. Yeah. Well, uh, I have a question because, you know, as I'm listening and I've done, I've worked with people who, um, struggle with suicide, suicidal urges. And, um, but, uh, what I, so my question is what, what do you say to people who struggle that with that? who do not have children, because I do think that is definitely a, a factor for people to hold on to. Yeah. But have you found a reason to live outside of your son and how, you know, how do you, when you come across people and I know you're not doing that now, but, um, in the, in the, um, recent past, Jim was working mm-hmm. as the art, um, healing arts director at, um, the big red barn retreat. Um, which provides free services to veterans and um, where. Oh, what a cool thing. What a cool thing. Yeah. So my question is, um, what do you say to people who struggle with that and they don't have children or they don't have, you know, a a healthy relationship with their children? Right. And I um, always try to find that work with them to find what it is that they do enjoy that's healthy right right and I mean I do that too I I keep reminding myself that I can go take pictures I can do art I can make an abstract piece I can wake up from a nightmare and make something I can journal I can um, reach out to a friend I can there's there's multitudes of things I can do um they're not as as prevalent in the moment to me mm-hmm. but um like but if you're, they're there. do you mean if you're in the middle of a crisis in the yes. middle of a pain of darkness yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's i i call it emotional amnesia we forget yep. because our emotions become so big we forget that we've ever felt okay before mm-hmm. yeah right. yeah you're right. just you're just in the in that pain and it's um, heavy and unbearable, and um, you're just struggling to make it through the day. Yeah, you're kind of one with the pain. Like there is no you. There's just like you have literally merged with the pain. I completely relate to that mm-hmm. experience, and that is what. So what happened then is you told the story of watching this uh, this video, and so something in this video. Uh, um, touch something within you and you went, Oh, creative expression. Like, can you walk me through what happened to you? Cause you're crying, you're watching the video. Like what was the aha for you? It was, it was literally seeing all of the men there on stage, not afraid to be vulnerable and imperfect. Oh, and, right. And expressing themselves um, yes. and expressing their and finding unity together and brotherhood together in injury 
And yeah. at that point, I had been isolated. I hadn't yeah. found a group. I hadn't found a, a collective. Yeah. And so I was just, uh, other than, my, you know, my therapist and family, but uh, um, I, I felt like if I went on this journey, if I could help at least one person, I would have, I would have succeeded. And that was my literal goal was yeah. just to help one person. Yeah. And um, so um, just started taking pictures and just seeing and, and reflecting on um, my life and experiences. And, uh, and but it's interesting that um, how things have switched in that I did, I, I volunteer with Mental Health America, the Mid-Carolinas here mm-hmm. in Charlotte. And I'm a I'm a guest speaker, and so we do coffee and conversations once a month where we people can come in and they can learn about the the nonprofit and the services they provide, and then you have we have um, guest um, speakers that talk about their journey with uh, mental health, and um, I'm one of them. And a woman showed up one day and, and I told my story, you have five minutes to tell your story. And I talked about PTSD and um, then um, talked to her afterwards, not really connected, but then a couple months later, <clears throat> I did a big multi-county talk on where I was a featured speaker for a governmental task force on mental health. and. Afterwards, I was kind of walking through the crowd and this the woman, there was a woman there that saw me talk at this coffee and conversation. And she was there with her husband, mm-hmm. Jim Long is his name. And he mm-hmm. said, uh, he introduced himself and he said, I just want to let you know that the reason I'm here today is because of you. Wow. And my, I'm six months after my last uh, after my suicide attempt and today's the first day I got off the couch and came out of the house after that because I wanted to come see you talk wow. and my wife asked me to come see you talk and um so uh so here hear me here I was several years ago at my bottom getting inspiration from other people and then had this opportunity to inspire him. So he's gone on to write poetry and delivers poetry at our open mic events and talks about um, shock treatment. And he's yeah. totally raw with um, expressing his emotions. And um, see, and that, so our decision to heal and, and what's, and so for every, for everyone, you know, Jim Long, there are probably 50 that you'll never meet that will never shake your hand. You'll never know that your decision to heal and to be vulnerable and to talk about it, uh, you know, has helped countless people that you don't even know about. And what strikes me, um, Jim, is that I, so I have a, uh, my father was a green beret in Vietnam and, uh, he, by the time, you know, he passed away, he had not left the house in over five years. And, I was home with him. My mom went to work um, and my sister was six and a half years older than I. 
So it was just he and I, and um, he suffered greatly from PTSD, um, had a brain aneurysm when I was about five. Um, like he, he was doing lobbying for Veterans Affairs and then, you know, um, you know some, something happened and he just wasn't able to do it. Uh, he wasn't able to rejoin life. And so, you know, the totality of, of my my father's life while I was alive was, you know, you know, living room chair to dining room, kitchen chair to bed. And it was this, you know, those were the three places that he went and, uh, and he didn't have that. He didn't, he wasn't able to find within himself something that allowed him to rejoin the world. And I think in part, it's different and um, I, I, wouldn't you say that veterans now, um, you know, there's a different uh, way of supporting veterans now uh, than than in his time, specifically around Vietnam. There was so much, I think, around that war. Yeah. Mary, you had your hand up before I answer. Oh, no, go ahead. I'll, okay. um, I'll ask it after you answer okay. that. Yeah. So I taught at the Big Red Barn of Vietnam veterans couples class. Okay. And was fascinating. And then we, we taught, we, we met several times, but there was a cup. I had this whole, and it was facilitated by their group therapist. So the, okay. the, the guys said, oh, we're really fucked up. I mean, we're really messed up and we need to go to therapy. And, yeah. so, and so they went and they worked with their therapist and then the therapist worked with their spouses and then the spouse brought them together with me and we did stuff together, art, oh, therapy, cool. art projects together as couples. And we so, did art projects together. Okay. Yeah. Keep going, but I want to hear more about that, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so they, so the, I had this, the very first one, I had this whole two hour thing planned out and this one couple didn't pay one bit of attention to me. And <laughs> he, the, he just went and, um, he went up and he got a uh, canvas and some paint and he went and sat down and she got a magazine and she sat down next to him and they sat at a table by themselves and he just started painting for about 45 minutes while I got everybody going and they would lean into each other and they would talk and then he would paint and then they would lean in and talk and back and forth for a while. And so after everybody was going and went and sat down and talked to him and it turns out he, they got married right the day before he shipped off to Vietnam. Yeah. And he survived Hamburger Hill, which yeah. if you are yeah. up on your Vietnam war battles, that was one of the bloodiest battles in Vietnam. Yeah. 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 So he's, he said, you know, I've been a welder and a wrench turner my whole life. Mm-hmm. And this is the most peace I've felt ever. And all he was doing just from memory was painting leaves and flowers on his canvas and talking to his wife and they were just back and forth talking and um, they weren't following any directions they weren't doing anything right. like there was no process it was they just were, expression nope, they were connecting and he was just drawing on positive experiences from inside himself and so that's every time they come that's what he would do and um and as long as they were talking and, and he was ex- expressing and and getting things out that's that may, so to answer your question i think that um there are more um, opportunities for veterans, especially Vietnam. I think older veterans are taking opp- taking advantage of the opportunities that are out there mm-hmm. to heal. Um, I, I just started an art therapy group, and I have um, a 
a veteran who is in his eighties, but oh, wow. in the group. See, my dad would be in his eighties. If he was still alive, he would be in his eighties. He passed away five years ago, but yeah. And I just wonder what could have been different for him, you know, cause I, you know, as a child, you know, I, I, I desperately wanted to help and I didn't, I, you know, I was a child. I couldn't, I didn't know how, but I just, when I hearing your story and hearing you talk, I think, wow, I wonder what could have been different if he just had a canvas, you know, like if you, if you just handed him an art, like a journal and some colored pencils and said here, cause he did, he did crosswords. Like it mm-hmm. was all, um, he just, that, that's it. It was just crosswords and TV and coffee and one chair to the next chair to the next chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your process, so, go ahead, Mayor. Well, I, um, I'm going to change the subject because I really want Jim to talk a little bit about something. Um, one of the, I think one of the really cool things about Jim is he always gets these amazing opportunities. I know. I was going to say. And, yeah. um, and so, I, and this is one of my favorite things to talk about how life gives us what we need if we're just willing to pay attention. Yeah. And um, it, it's also following um, inspiration, following guidance, following like synchronicities that happen. So my question for you, Jim, is, um, is how do you, how do you do that? I mean, like, can you share with us anything about how that happens for you? Um, Yeah, because I'm picturing you watching the show, right? You know, your therapist sends you the show, you watch it, you're moved to tears, you get the inspiration. Okay, I'll take pictures. But then all of a sudden, like what you've told me is like one thing after another, like, oh, and then I spoke at this. And then I, you know, ran this retreat at this other place. And so it seems like you've just had one opportunity, you know, like life it's almost like you said yes to healing. Yes, I'm willing. And then life went, okay, here's, here's a platform. Here's another one. Here's another one. What's been your experience of that? Yeah, I don't have, I listen to the universe more now than I used to. Um, I guess I, I used to be, um, I don't know. Uh, more arrogant and egotistical um, mm-hmm. and, and see when I hear you say listen I think what or what I'm hearing you say is I trust the universe like I trust what it brings me I trust is that true well no I, I get scared <laughs> I love it yeah yeah but, the, but the, well not but the, always but no not but always, there is trust but... because because um if if any if any of our staff and board of directors is listening i just <laughs> i just know what's going to work right and I, I don't know why but i just do and i yeah. i feel it and then i'm like okay let's just do it and then i i know that we're going to be able to do this and let's just do this and i know that i need to answer this call or pursue this or this will happen and I'll say, mm, I feel that in my gut. I'm gonna respond. Yes. And, yes. And follow that. And then I know that this is the right thing to do. Other people yes. may feel like this is ridiculously stupid. Yes. But I know it's right. And um and I think that um at one, I don't like rules. And um 
and I like to be, I like to just completely throw out any logic and start there. And, and go with instinct and intuition. Yeah. And, then, and then make sense of it all and, and um, say, yeah, but also I have learned through nearly dying several times. We have a finite number of minutes on this earth. Right. And we really don't know when those are going to tick off and when you're going to get to that last one and why not just say yes and go for it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, well, I was just going to say, because, you know, we're talking about wanting to die earlier and now it's kind of come back around and how, you know, having this appreciation for the magnificence of life. And I think we, uh, you know, a lot of us feel this way. And I think especially right now in the, the, the current condition of, of where we are, you know, a lot of us feel that way. And so I think we all need a reminder, you know, when we feel down, we feel like hopeless that we're going to feel better again. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That it will pass. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I think um, that is a great place to kind of wrap up because what that, what you've just shared is, well, you shared a lot of, and I think that it's really important, like the key takeaways that I have from, from this and from the story and a little bit of this, of your story that you've shared is that you were able to embrace art as a healing process and um, probably in no small part to the fact that, you know, the cognitive part that the traumatic injury happened on that, uh, on that linear thinking part of the brain. And so you were able to open up to this more uh, intuitive Um, you know, to the artistic part that is in all of us, right? And so I think that one of my takeaways is the recognition that, you know, there is no darkness that can't be in some way addressed or um, shifted in part through the process of art and you know and so there's purpose when I sit down and make my mandalas and Mary's had to teach me that you know because I'm such you know I'm a words girl I'm a logic girl I'm a read the book girl give me a list and I'll tick off the boxes and that's how I'll get fixed and you know I really love that your that your story helps us to see that there is um, so much that can be gained through the expression of art mm-hmm. and being imperfect. I, Cause I heard you say that one of the things that you saw in these men who were picking up the guitars, it's not necessarily that they've been playing guitars their whole life. Right. So they no. were willing to try something and willing to be bad at it, you right. know, for the sake of healing, for the sake of, you know, doing something um, outside of the box. So, yay. Jim, it has been so amazing having you on. And is, is there um, a resource uh, or somewhere that we can direct people to find you or, or any of the, um, the nonprofits that you're passionate about? Yeah, you can um, reach me through um, charlotteartleague.org. Okay. And um, my bio and email is, is in there. Wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. So attention veterans, you know, 
Charlotte Art League, and not just veterans. I'm sure that you can help anybody, but I, I you know, my wish um, in, in part because of my father is that there will be a veteran that is hearing these words and, and will reach out to you and that you might be able to provide them with some resources and some, uh, some more hope and more inspiration. So thank you so much for being on today, Mary, girlfriend, as always, your peeps, they just keep getting better and better. I know. Better and better. You've been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next. If you or someone you know are struggling with suicidal thoughts or hopelessness, please know that you're not alone. You can reach out and text HOME to 741-741 or call 1-800-273-8255 to get free support. You can also join our Create More Peace Facebook group. It's a free group where we also offer support, coping skills, mindfulness tips, and creative prompts to help you create more peace in your life.